you heard how it went down. Now time to sum it all up. This is Bucks Talk, presented by Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. Recap everything you need to know about this game right now. Now here's your host, your analyst, and your MC for the evening. Make some noise! Justin Garcia. Well, good news, potentially bad news for the Bucks. The good news, an NBA season high, 13 straight wins. And this was a dominant one that every bit of it, well, virtually every bit of it, felt good to blow out the Miami Heat in the fashion that you did. For all intents and purposes, no Giannis for this entire game. And you still handled the Miami Heat relatively easily here, just uh, really showing off the depth that this team has. But that is the potential bad, is Giannis leaving this game six minutes in. As soon as it happened, well, six minutes of play for Giannis, about ten minutes into the game itself, as soon as it happened, you could see Giannis, the one calling to Coach Mike Budenholzer to get a timeout so he could leave. He walked immediately into the tunnel and into the locker room. We did not see him again. It was hard to really make out what the issue was, if it was something he did to uh, re-aggravate the wrist, Upon further looking at the replay, you couldn't really see where the wrist would have been an issue. As we would eventually learn, he knocked knees. We think it was with Bam Adebayo. Still trying to figure out where that actually happened. But uh, the words from head coach Mike Budenholzer after the game seemed relatively optimistic. I would caution with it still very early. And as he said, it's going to be day-to-day. They'll see how he feels tomorrow. But it's an early start on Sunday so not a whole lot of recovery time. And again, we've seen Giannis essentially go through this same thing two of the last three games. Did it against the Boston Celtics in your penultimate game of the first half of the season. He ultimately returned and finished that game, but didn't again tonight. And this was one that he at least deemed serious enough to not return to the game. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talking text line to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. Old National Bank gets old, and I suppose we buried the lead. Just the fact that Giannis was on the floor tonight still amazes me. And I know on the post-game show after that Bulls game, I was on the the Spectrum Sports Roundtable yesterday, and we talked about this, and on a few other shows, mentioned it earlier in the week as well. It didn't look good. As the injury happened, when you saw Giannis All-Star Weekend, it especially didn't look good. He didn't participate in the skills challenge. He played in the All-Star game, but it lasted all of five seconds. He didn't dunk. He laid the ball through the hoop. And I'm sure we all saw the video afterwards, too, of Giannis picking up his son, not using the right hand at all to support any pressure, getting the trophy from Adam Silver, not putting any weight on that right wrist either. So... You started to see all these things, some of the things that I had heard over the weekend as well. You were thinking, okay, uh, this is uh, potentially not good, where it's it's not necessarily Giannis is done for the season, but you thought there was no way Giannis isn't going to miss some time. The fact that Giannis sought a specialist on Monday, again, if those scans are good, you usually don't see a specialist. You're not usually getting a second look at it unless you just – want to see, look, is there something that we're missing here that maybe isn't quite as bad? 
And that turned out to be the case, as we learned, well, it's not going to be an extended issue for Giannis. I still didn't envision him playing in this game, so just when you saw him upgraded from doubtful to questionable and then hearing from Bud prior to the game, a game-time decision, uh, that usually means he's going to play. And even the fact that Giannis was listed as doubtful instead of out to begin things absolutely floored me. So it's just as we saw in the Eastern Conference Finals when he returned from an injury that we thought was going to cost him the rest of that playoff run and potentially most or all of the following season, Giannis bounces back in no time from that wrist issue in a matter of days. Basically 10 days off, 10 days of rest that he gets, and he's back out there on the floor. That's the good. The bad is that knee, and it's not the same knee, but as we mentioned, it's the same knee we've seen a couple of times this season. Not the left knee that it's been the one with the lingering issues, but we've seen that right knee pop up a couple of times now, so it is something to keep an eye on in these next couple of days. But again, 13 straight wins tonight, and the depth was was what was on full display in this victory. So if there is any further developments or any comments made by his teammates who are addressing the media now, Bobby Portis just spoke a couple of minutes ago, but if anything else trickles out about Giannis, we will certainly keep you updated on that. In the meantime, I want to turn this show into the depth show and take a look at everybody else that really contributed tonight. We saw two Bucks debuts, one the much-anticipated. It was something you thought there was a good chance of happening. The day of the uh, NBA trade deadline, it became official. The Bucks had acquired Jay Crowder. It felt like it was months in the making. But we finally got to see Jay Crowder make his Bucks debut. And this is quite a weekend now for Jay Crowder. It's a homecoming weekend back in Milwaukee, where, of course, he played collegiately. And his first two games on the schedule with the Bucks tonight against one of his former teams, the team he reached the NBA Finals with in the Miami Heat. And Sunday, against his most recent team that he played for, also reaching the NBA Finals, the Phoenix Suns. Oh, by the way, uh, the game next week, the first one of the week, against the Brooklyn Nets, the team that he was technically most recently a member of. So a lot of homecoming here for Jay Crowder this weekend. But we finally got our first look at Jay Crowder in a Bucks uniform. Uh, we'll take a look beyond the numbers and exactly what he brings to this team, and what it is that we saw from Jay Crowder in his run tonight. Nine points in 16 minutes of work and a couple of made threes. But the other debut that we saw, Myers Leonard. We had a chance to hear from Myers Leonard earlier in the week after his first practice with the team. And as this game really started to progress, you saw what Myers Leonard is really capable of bringing to this team if he sticks around on a second 10-day contract or potentially more, he's got somebody, the best possible guy, to really learn from in front of him on the roster as well with his skill set. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line as the Bucks take down the Miami Heat tonight. 13 straight wins. They look for 14 in a row Sunday against the Phoenix Suns. More after this on Bucks Talk. The round ball repartee returns. This is Bucks Talk. One twenty-eight ninety-nine final here inside of Five Surf Four of the Bucks split the season series with the Miami Heat. The uh, home team's going four and zero now 
after uh, winning earlier in January and uh, earlier in February, actually, and losing the two games in January. 855-616-1620, the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. That is the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. Let's head out to that phone line and uh, kick things off with our old pal Dick in Port Washington. Uh, Dick, we finally saw Jay Crowder. I know it came at the expense or some of the expense of your guy, Jordan Wara, but it felt pretty good to see Jay Crowder out there. Wow, wow. Uh, <laughs> don't paint that brush on me that you told me last week. I, I have no paint on me because I had uh, coverings all over me. But, I mean, Horst did a heck of a job again. Crowder is going to be worth everything we didn't give up for him. And, and you know, when, when I was on hold, there was a religious leader that just came on in your ad that says you got to kind of forgive and forget. I've got issues with uh, Miles, but you know what? He stepped up and he faced it, and he's yeah. going to be a, a big addition to our team. I, this was, I, I worried all last night through today about this game. We really stepped up. And, and Giannis, um, he didn't play much. My biggest concern with Giannis leaving the game is that he took himself out. I've never, ever seen him take himself out. He was literally yelling. You could hear it on the, on the play-by-play, I need out, I need out. And he went right to the locker room. This, I mean, what bothers me, and maybe it's good for our, our soul, is that the Bucks are never transparent with this. But, uh, you know, a game or two, that's fine. But if it's going to be longer, it's going to be a real concern because we need that first or second playoff spot. So that, that's my thoughts for the night. What do you think? Yeah, um, look, I'm obviously not a doctor, but I, I think I, I choose to believe, and I think we've seen historically in the past this is the case, too, it's it's typically better when it is a contact injury versus the non-contact. That's what you worry about. So that's the good news. Um, it, it's wait and see. I'm assuming he's not going to play Sunday if for no other reason than it's a pretty quick turnaround. You play at noon, uh, not a whole lot of time. Bud said we'll, we'll see how he feels tomorrow. I, I guess the other thing is he didn't immediately – make it sound bad that that i was talking about it with dave as, as we were both listening to bud on the headset um i felt pretty good about the way that he handled it or addressed the question that it made it seem like well this at least doesn't sound like it's anything serious and i keep going back to yes you can point to well the books are pretty ambiguous and are not very transparent with some of these things but when it is something big they are I mean, you go back to to the Giannis injury against the Atlanta Hawks a couple of years ago in the Eastern Conference Finals. There was no sugarcoating that, right? The Chris Middleton injury in the playoffs last year, that was another thing. They didn't say, well, it's just knee soreness or it's a knee issue. They came right out, Bud did, immediately after that game and said Chris Middleton has an MCL sprain. And you knew that's not good. So when it is serious, they don't really tiptoe around it. Now, you can point to the Brooke Lopez thing. That's, look... Back surgery in itself and everything that Brooke was going through, that was a little ambiguous on its own. So I get that. But still, those were two instances the Bucks 
basically saying, yeah, this isn't good. So the way they handle it, I am somewhat optimistic. This isn't anything that's going to keep them out. Even leaving the door open for Sunday, I still choose to believe you're probably not seeing them Sunday because it's a noon game, not a whole lot of turnaround time. The other thing that, that Dick mentioned that I, I do want to get to, and we talked about this a little bit on uh, on Bucks Weekly on uh, Monday night, was the addition of Myers Leonard. And, uh, look, Myers Leonard, everything we've heard, all the interviews that he has given, not just this week, earlier in the year, he was on Outside the Lines with Jeremy Schapp. He's done some other interviews in the Miami area. Myers Leonard seems like a man that was just ignorant. And as he has said many times, look, I didn't know what that word meant. I was unaware that that was an insensitive word. And it's, as he said, part of the gaming community that's not making an excuse for it. But the way that you've seen Myers Leonard act after that looks very much like a man who is sincerely apologetic and wanted to make this right. Earlier tonight, hearing from head coach Eric Spolstra, the Miami Heat, where Myers Leonard played, and where Myers Leonard really started to develop with Miami. Uh, Spo was asked about Jay Crowder. It's obviously he has a lot of familiarity with Crowder, and what are the Bucks getting in Jay Crowder? But he answered that question, but was also very, very quick to shift the attention to Myers Leonard as well and said, you know, Jay Crowder's a good fit for the Bucks. I'm a big fan of his. I wish he would have stayed in the Western Conference and not come to the East, but he's a good fit. He knows how to play. He just knows how to fit any scheme that he's in. And quickly pivoted and said, look, it's, it's the same with Myers Leonard. I am thrilled about Myers. He's been battling injuries the last couple of years, and I think that played into some of his absence. But he has that skill set. He is a great team guy. This will be a good fit, and I am very, very happy for Myers Leonard to get this opportunity. That came from the head coach of the Miami Heat. In talking with some of the other members of the Miami Heat, their TV and radio broadcast, you heard the same thing, that it's, look, I wish he wouldn't have said that. He wishes he wouldn't have said that. And if you haven't seen the Outside the Lines piece, I would encourage you to go watch that. It's about seven minutes long. You see everything that Myers Leonard has done in these last two years, and it started 48 hours after that incident occurred, where he was meeting with members, rabbis, and other members of the Jewish community to try to atone for this and and really uh, very genuinely saying, I did not realize what this word meant, and I apologetic, wanting to show Those couple of seconds, that doesn't represent who he is. And every single person with this Heat organization that we crossed paths with tonight and talked with that worked with Myers Leonard and knew Myers Leonard on the broadcast crew, anybody else would tell you the same thing. He is a good guy. That doesn't sum up who he is. I genuinely believe this was ignorance. And we're all very, very happy for him to get this opportunity. So... That's obviously the elephant in the room. He got a pretty warm reception tonight from this crowd as well, and that's something that's good to see as well because, again, he's put in the work. And life is about second chances and what you do to earn those. Myers Leonard has earned this second chance. And now the interesting part, 
is this 10-day contract. It runs through March 3rd. Curious to see if he gets a second 10-day deal and or if this is something that you just extend him through the remainder of the season because you do need to be at 14 players on your roster, number one. But you didn't see a whole lot of it. You saw some glimpses of it tonight. He's a very skilled big, and it's easy to forget that because of his two years away. He's a guy that the last three years was shooting 42% or better on threes. The two years with Miami, one year with the Portland Trailblazers. He's a career 39% three-point shooter. Now, he doesn't take the same volume that we see Brooke Lopez get up there from the outside, but he's a guy that can consistently knock down those shots. He is a true seven-footer, and he had some pretty big moments for the Miami Heats, especially in that bubble run to the NBA Finals. So you know, we've talked about the depth of this team with Myers Leonard, if he's a guy that sticks around for the remainder of the season, it's likely a regular season depth move. But even having another big when Brooke Lopez leaves the floor, and especially if Giannis is going to miss even just a couple of games, how that shifts things. With Myers Leonard around, you're not asking Bobby Portis to play the five. You're not having to play super small. So I'm very intrigued by what Myers Leonard brings to this team the more that we get a chance to see him. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. A few more calls to get to. We will get to you after this on Bucks Talk. Tyler Hero in a homecoming again. He's lost his last five straight here in his hometown of Milwaukee. Bobby Portis goes by everybody, and he lays it in with a foul. Comes away flexing and thumping his chest. You think he's fired up to be back? Bobby Portis hit his first five shots in this game tonight. 30th double-double of the season, 18 points and 11 rebounds off the bench. First game after 11 straight games out nearly a month ago to the day, January 23rd, the last game that Bobby Portis played in. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Let's go back out to the jam phone lines and uh, talk with our guy, Southside James. What's going on, James? Well, I, you, I, you, uh, before the show, uh, the other show that you were doing uh, earlier uh, after the Bucks won, it seemed that every, you spread, uh, the Bucks spread the uh, ball pretty good tonight and everything else. Now, do you think we could uh, maybe uh, win 60 games and lose five, uh, uh, you know, not, uh, lose f- uh, five out of that uh, remaining games and that and not burn ourselves out and uh, with the way that the uh, team played tonight, even with with Giannis or without Giannis uh, being in there uh, off and on until the end of the season. Yeah, thanks for the call, James. Uh, 60 is going to be tough. So to his point, 19-5 and five is what you would need to get to 60 wins. Uh, obviously, when the Bucks play like this and if they're healthy, you would see a 19-5 and five as certainly being in the cards here. I'm just going to be curious to see once you get to the final week of the season, what things look like. Bucks don't have a terribly difficult schedule. I believe at last check they're around 13th for uh, opponent strength of or strength of schedule opponents winning percentage. So in the middle of the pack there, Celtics have uh, around 9 or 10, so a little bit more difficult. I mentioned the 76ers, and that's where it's equally going to be interesting because, to me, you know, we spent so much time earlier in the season talking about, 
well, it's so important to finish first in the Eastern Conference because you, we, we thought after this trade deadline, this was a three-team race with the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Sixers. So if you finish first, it means you got Philly and Boston playing each other, we think, in the second round, and you don't have to face the winner of that until the conference finals. But the difficult schedule that Philly has remaining, 24 games left after last night's game. So they were one of three teams that had 25 games remaining post-All-Star break, and it's, again, far and away the most difficult. they got... The Celtics tomorrow night, they opened it up with the Memphis Grizzlies. They've got the Miami Heat for two games next week. So one after another, they have playoff teams right out of the gates here in the second half. But you pointed to Philly's schedule and Cleveland's schedule and said, you know, there's a chance. Cleveland had one of the easiest remaining schedules. There is a chance Cleveland catches Philly. And if that happens... Is it important to win the conference anymore if Philly is potentially your second-round opponent? Well, the Cavaliers have lost their first two games out of the break here, and now they're 38-25, and so they've got 19 games remaining, and they're three-and-a-half games out of the three-seed in the Eastern Conference. It puts more importance on, hey, if you don't get – to the Boston Celtics and win, get the number one seed, at least finish second so you have home court advantage in that potential second-round matchup with the Philadelphia 76ers, and that's going to factor in as well. If you know we're not going to slide down to four and we have a game or two up on Philly, you're going to start to see some rest to get ready for the postseason. So if I had to bet on it, I would not see this team winning 60 games, but at this point – High 50s, and you know, at one point earlier in the season, it looked like it was going to be the Celtics pushing 60, and most of the rest of the East would be low 50s or so. Now, again, you know, before we knew the severity of that Giannis wrist injury, you said if you can go 13 and 11 out of the break, assuming Giannis misses extended time, if you can go 13 and 11 without him, you're at 54 wins. And with that difficult schedule, can Philadelphia get to 55? I don't know that that that's the case, but now you can't rule it out seeing a 19 and five run. But that again is going to hinge on the health of Giannis. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is that old National Bank talking text line. Uh, Will I am? You're up next on the show. Justin and the crew, welcome back. Uh, felt so good to hear you guys talking and commentating, and now you know after a massive bus win. Couldn't be happier. But I got a few points I want to talk about here and let you break it down like you do. Super impressed with how Jay and Leonard both came into the game and immediately had impact on the defensive end. Could tell their presence a mile away, especially when Crowder got in there right off the bat. You could see the Heat almost not wanting to even go at him, which was incredible. I'm so glad we did get the signing of him finally, enough of the talk. And he looked to be in really good shape, and same with Leonard as well. My next point here, I got to give it up to the bench, man. Really proud of Bobby coming right back, literally acting like he never missed any of those steps. Impressive game by A.J. Green. Really proud of Joey as well. And our, our bench and our second units really came to ball. And lastly, felt good to shut up, you know, most of the bigger networks saying that, you know, this is going to be a struggle. 
when we brought that team out, even without Giannis, you know, with six minutes in going down, we look untouchable when we get everything rolling on defense, the ball movement, the scoring. I'm really proud of what we were able to do during the trade deadline and then just, you know, expose the heat. It felt so good, man. I'm so happy. Yeah, and during this 13-game win streak, the Bucks are up to 10th in offensive efficiency. They are far and away the top defense. And, you know, look, you can point to – you can point to some of the the teams that uh, that they've played, but they're getting the job done. And you look back to to earlier in the season, it wasn't the same story, right? Even with inferior competition, you'd see some of those moments where you'd have some let up, and, and they're just not doing it here. A one hundred five point nine defensive rating since Chris Middleton has returned. And offense is 10th best, so they've slowly started to move towards the top 20. Still not great in their overall offensive efficiency, but they're up to 21st after this game tonight. If you can get to the midpoint, there's too much time that you've played without Chris Middleton. You're not going to crack the top 10. But if you can get to the midpoint and keep that defense where it is, but it's just slowly but surely they've started to push all those numbers upward. The net rating, it was basically flat for parts of this season. And now, look, we've seen that number down across the board in the NBA this season. It's going to be the team that has the highest net rating in the league this season. It's probably going to be the lowest number we've seen in well over a decade. Right now it's the Celtics at 6.2, but the Bucks are all of a sudden up to sixth in net rating and that defensive number is just what jumps off the charts the most. What they did tonight, holding the Heat below 100 points and moving past the Cavaliers. Jake Crowder's a guy that's only going to help you out there. And, you know, to your point, I was very impressed with what I saw from Jake Crowder tonight because you, you weren't really sure what to expect. We knew he had kept himself in pretty good shape, kind of outlined in an interview with Eric Eric Name to what he was doing his time away from playing, wasn't playing any pickup games. He was invited to play in some, turned those down because he didn't want to risk an injury. And uh, he said he was basically just pushing himself in workouts to the point where he was throwing up or close to it. That's what he wanted to do every single time. And watching him tonight, he's clearly in terrific shape. He looks like he's, he, he not doesn't look like he clearly is in game shape, and it didn't take too much to get him there just missing the final two games-ish, three games since his acquisition of that first half of the season. But I mentioned this after the game as well when we were wrapping things up with Dave Kane. He looked quicker than I remembered. And you know, we obviously saw him in the NBA Finals when the Bucks beat the Suns. We saw him really giving the Bucks fits in that semifinal series with the Miami Heat a couple of years ago. He was a tough player. He certainly can play a switching-style defense. He could really defend threes and fours with no real problem. Twos, it kind of depended on the matchup. But tonight, he looked much quicker against some guys in the backcourt and on the perimeter, and that's what's going to be most important is his usage in matchups like that against a team like the Boston Celtics with guys like Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown in the perimeter. So I loved everything I saw from Jay Crowder tonight in his Bucks debut. 855 616 
is the uh, Old National Bank talking text line. We'll get to some more calls and take a look at Sunday afternoon. Again, TBD on if we'll have a showdown between Giannis and Kevin Durant, but it should be a good one nonetheless. We'll preview that matchup with the Suns after this on Bucks Talk. Here comes the inbound pass from Jay Crowder. He's on the near sideline. Pulls it high over his head before he gets to the Middleton. Right back to Crowder. Crowder unloads and knocks down his first three as a Milwaukee Buck from straight away. So the Bucks now stretch it to an 11-point lead on that three ball. One of the two threes Jay Crowder hit in this game tonight. Nine points in his Bucks debut as it's... 13 straight now for the Bucks, getting past the Heat tonight, 128-99. Despite only six minutes of work from Giannis, who left with uh, right knee, no official terming of it, but uh, basically knocked knees in the first quarter and was ruled out after just six minutes of work. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line to get in touch with us tonight on Bucks Talk. Let's head back to those phone lines and catch up with Ricky. What's going on? Yes, hi. Uh, I just want to say I'm glad the Bucks were able to win again. They lead the NBA with 13 wins in a row this season, so that's great. Um, unfortunately, Giannis didn't get to play a whole lot because, uh, yeah, but uh, the Bucks really stepped up when they needed to because Giannis is the one the Bucks normally go to for scoring, but uh, it was nice to see Bobby Portis back out there. Jay Crowder making his debut for the Bucks. Bobby Portis uh, with his 30th double-double of the season. And uh, Jay Crowder putting up nine points. He hit both of his three-point attempts. And then uh, even Drew Holiday putting up 24 points. So he did really excellent. And then um, I just need to go back to Jay Crowder here. I mean, he just really... Did excellent defense, and that's the reason that the Bucks went out and got him. And so he's uh, helping out Lopez and Portis there for the defense. And, uh, I mean, Brooke Lopez still showing that he's the number one defensive guy for the Bucks. And um, I'm looking forward to this uh, next game for the Bucks when they're playing against the Suns. And uh, <clears throat> hopefully Giannis will be out there playing. And I'm looking forward to when their Bucks winning their 14th straight game. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the call, Ricky. And uh, you know what Jay Crowder did tonight—that's kind of the vintage Jay Crowder stat line. That's what you expect from him, or what you really should come to expect from him. He'll have his nights and his games where he's going to score in double figures. He's, he's had a few of those against the Bucks in the postseason, but it's it's just that solid consistency. Three of five from the floor. Two of two on his threes, the defense and all the rest of the little things and the dirty work, that's what Jay Crowder really brings to the floor, and that's one of those things. Not that the Bucks don't have anybody else that does that, but they've just missed having more of that. And I just go back to those comments that Giannis made. The, the day that the Bucks acquired Jay Crowder, after the Bucks had beaten the uh, Lakers that night, and Giannis was asked his thoughts on, hey, you guys got Jay Crowder. Speak to that a little bit. And what are your thoughts on that? And the way that he termed it of, you know, it's just like when you have that bully that's behind you. And you walk down the hall and you see the way that people look at you and you think it's they're looking like that because of you. And then you realize 
who's behind you. That's the reason why they're looking. And that's what we had in P.J. Tucker. That's what we're getting now in Jay Crowder. It's it's things like that. You can't quantify it statistically, but it matters. And it doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but it shows up on the eyeball test, especially in the postseason. That's what Jay Crowder brings to this team, and you saw a little bit of that in this game tonight. We'll preview a big matchup Sunday, a noon tip-off. We know how the Bucks do in those early games. We'll uh, preview that matchup with the Phoenix Suns and wrap up the show after this on Bucks Talk. Ain't no way they can stop me now. Daddy, cause I'm on my way. I can feel my rain coming. 128-99 final score tonight. The Bucks blow past the Miami Heat for their 13th straight win. Longest win streak by any team in the NBA this season. Uh, we mentioned Giannis left the game after just six minutes of work. As uh, Coach Mike Budenholzer said, not sure where it occurred, but he knocked knees, we think, with Bam Adebayo. And uh, I guess the the area that would give you concern is that it was Giannis himself that called for the timeout, removed himself from the game, walked to the locker room, and uh, shortly after was ruled out for the remainder of the game. But it did sound relatively encouraging when Coach Budenholzer spoke about it after this win tonight. So we'll certainly have our eyes on the injury report when it is uh, first filed to the league tomorrow to see if there's any indication on uh, uh, what Giannis' status is, if he's going to be listed as out or doubtful or questionable, and this is another game-time decision. Uh, Again, it's an early turnaround. So you get tomorrow to rest up, but then a noon tip Sunday here inside of Fiserv Forum for the Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. The other component to that is Kevin Durant. He had his first full practice and scrimmage with his new team, those Phoenix Suns, yesterday, uh, but we are unsure if he'll play in that game on Sunday. He had been out since January 8th when, uh, ironically enough, against this Miami Heat team and Jimmy Butler, he suffered an MCL sprain when Jimmy Butler fell into his knee, had been out since January 8th or has been out since January 8th, and is now a member of the Phoenix Suns, finally practiced with that team and his new teammates for the first time, but uh, remains to be seen if we'll see Kevin Durant in that game on Sunday. We are just told he's rounding the corner in terms of his rehab and uh, getting set for a return. But you have heard uh, Wednesday being floated out there as well as the potential Suns debut for Kevin Durant because you play Sunday. That's We talk about the Bucks and how they may or may not have struggled with early games in recent years. Think about it from the Phoenix Suns' perspective. They're currently playing right now against the Oklahoma City Thunder. They come to Milwaukee two hours behind in the Pacific time zone for a noon central time tip-off Sunday. So that is going to be a rough day for the Phoenix Suns in terms of the wake-up call Sunday morning. So we could potentially be down two big stars in that matchup here in uh, just a couple of days. But again, the story of this one tonight is the Bucks' depth. Big game from Bobby Portis. Drew Holiday really turned it on. And the other thing worth pointing to is this Bucks team, I think you're really starting to see the difference of all those things that we fretted over early in the season. You know, as you're going through it, 
it is difficult to remember, well, this team isn't healthy and how much being healthy changes things. We're still waiting for Chris Middleton to get back into the starting lineup to see those minutes tick upward. But even having Chris Middleton on the floor, having Bobby Portis as your fourth option or lower on that list, Grayson Allen, who we talked about at length after the game as well, just seeing how much things change for Grayson Allen when he's on the floor with Giannis and Drew and Chris and a guy like Bobby is out there. You're adding more and more that makes Grayson Allen even more deadly. So all those things that were issues for this team earlier in the season, things like letting leads slip away, building up a big lead and watching it evaporate, we haven't really seen that since this team has been healthy, and there's a reason for it. When they're healthy, they are very, very good, and you saw that once again tonight. Now just a half game back of the Boston Celtics. Those Celtics play the Sixers tomorrow night, so a chance the Bucks will be tied with the Celtics for first in the Eastern Conference tomorrow going into that matchup with the Suns on Sunday. Sunday... Noon tip, 11.30 is when our pregame coverage begins. And, of course, as always, join us afterwards for Bucks Talk. My thanks to everybody for, for tuning in, calling in for the last hour, and Justin Pottinger for producing the show. Talk to you Sunday afternoon with more Bucks Talk.